Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to um, Behind the Sermon podcast. Um, I'm Pastor Colin. I'm here with our lead pastor, Pastor Nate. And in our morning, Bethlehem Colin. location, Pastor, Pastor Stephen. Morning, morning. How you guys doing? Doing great. <laughs> I'm excited, yeah. It's snow, it snowed up here. I don't know if it snowed up down there. A very light sprinkle. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, small enough to cover cover the windows of the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're recording today um from uh, for, remotely. So mm-hmm. we're all in three different places trying this out. Uh, so we have opportunity, you know, hopefully this works. We'll do this for, for a month or so and see how it works. And we'll see if, uh, yeah, I think I already said that. I think, I think what we should do is we should, we should send this out tomorrow and then have feedback from the people, how, how it is, is it, mm-hmm. Is it good from good to hear, good to listen, and stuff like that? So we can fix things. Yeah. It's cool that we can do it from Bethlehem, from Barrington, and um, not sure where Pastor Nate is right now, but from all over New Hampshire. So that's cool. The, the plan next week is to record it while we're in Africa on the mission trip. Heck so yeah. We'll see if that works as well. And yeah, we're just what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get my brain to work. Was that it gives us opportunity to bring in other people? So Stephen mm-hmm. hasn't been on the podcast in quite some time because he's not going to drive two hours to be on the podcast, two hours to Dover to when we record, and so this will allow him to get on, and mm-hmm. then other other staff members and leaders into church as well. Yeah, right. Well, big, you know, church-wise, we are leaving um, this week to head to Africa. This was a trip that was originally scheduled. I think it was June of 2020, mm-hmm. and that got canceled. So mm-hmm. I'm pumped. It's almost there's a couple of people who were on that trip who ended up deciding not to come, but the the large percentage of it are mm-hmm. um, people who were signed up before. And then we've got at least one person who wasn't even part of our church in 2020 who's now coming on the trip. Anyway, it's going to be awesome. Wow. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited. Super excited yeah. for that. I'm, I'm glad that there's youth students and um, that are going too, like uh, Charlie and Asher are going. Like, that, that's kind of cool that um, they have that heart too to want to go and experience that. Um, so I can't wait for the, the testimonies that will happen in their life through that. So. Yeah, excited for the, that too. the Cuba mission trip we just announced too, and that's almost full because uh, we can't wow. take more than 12 people. So myself and 11 others, but there's a teenager signed up for that. Oh, sweet. Um, already. So it's going to be, man, I, I'm so glad that we get to do missions trips again. Yeah. Yeah. There it is for me, it's one of the things that's life-giving for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about, some of the difficulties that the last couple of years were for me personally mm. or, or that I experienced personally. 
Well, one of the reasons was I wasn't going on mission trips and I tried to go on at least one a year. Um, and so I hadn't gone on one in a few years. So it makes sense why <laughs> I was feeling some of the stuff internally I was feeling. So anyway, I'm just yeah. pumped about that. And um looking forward to both these trips this year. And we got to put some stuff on the calendar for next year now. Figure yeah. out when we're going to go to Africa again next year. And, and instead of Cuba, maybe for that. instead of Cuba next year, maybe India or Kuwait. I- <laughs> I'm up for it. You know, oh. my nephew heads out to Kuwait today. Really? In, wow. Yeah, he's in the military. Wow. Oh, nice. So he's heading over. He's heading to some heat. Yeah. Oh, boy. What, what it, well, I'm heading to some heat, too. It, it's 85 in Africa this week. What do you think it is in Kuwait right now? 100? Uh, <laughs> not that much, but June, July, yes. But... Right now, it shouldn't be that that bad. Uh, yeah, seventy degrees. Yes, yeah. All right, yeah, that's that's good. Bad. <laughs> but yeah, we are in the series called New, and Pastor, you preached amazing sermon about yeah. it. Uh, how did you come across to talk about purity? Because uh, if you think through it, uh, not many, not many dare to talk about purity in the church because they're scared to lose people and they're scared if people are going to show up or like, you know, backfires your sermon and things like that. But always uh, I had this question, what gives you the courage to speak the topics that, normally you don't hear people to talk um i think it's a responsibility right it's um mm-hmm. our job is to disciple the church into followers of jesus and so for me i never on this issue i wasn't worried about it at all and you know and right we weren't pointing fingers at anybody we we're trying to just expand how they think about it Right. So yeah. it's a difference. Like, I think if we talk deliberately about a few issues, I would be nervous. Like, right. hey, let me just tell you why this is sin, and um, yeah. and this leads to hell. I think those are mm. harder conversations that I'd be more nervous about. But to me, I think our church wants to be like Jesus. I think they yeah. want to honor Him in their life, and um. So I kind of come at it from that point. Like he who has ears, let him hear. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you're thirsty, he's got living water. And so I just feel like what I'm offering people is life. I'm not pointing fingers or casting judgment. Mm -hmm. So that's true because, you know, I'm preaching out of a pure heart. Like if we follow Jesus and trust Jesus with our purity, you know, having wholeness, in our religious, spiritual, uh, sexual, financial, thought life, in wisdom, mm-hmm. if we have purity in all those areas, it is better for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not taking anything away from anybody. I'm offering them something terrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something cool that you did, um, you started the sermon off pretty pretty straightforward. And you're like, it's not just about sexual purity that 
um, is the meaning of purity. Like there's, there's so much more to it. Um, and you kind of like broke that, um, kind of the ideology right away where as people like assume, like when it talks about purity, it's like, Oh, let's talk about purity when it comes to sexuality, but no, you, you right off the bat, like defined it and, um, saying like with the whole mixing it with dirt, dust, anything, if it's tainted at all, then it's impure. Um, but I, I think it's really cool that you just like start off with that clear boundary and then you just jumped in. Um, so I thought that was cool too. It talks a lot about purity, you know, pure religion is one that I talk through, which when we mm-hmm. think about purity, again, we think about it as a conversation for teenagers. We're never mm-hmm. evaluating my worship preferences and style right now. Is it pure? Right. Or have I adopted my preferences, my traditions? Have I even adopted other religions into mm. how I worship? And I think I think that can catch us all off guard. I think we can mm. all <laughs> and I, I can think of so many conversations through the years. I can't worship unless um there's a there's a cross in the room. I can't worship anymore because you because there's not an American flag. I can't worship anymore because you're not singing a song from the 1800s. I can't worship anymore because there's a drum on the stage. I can't worship mm-hmm. anymore because right. of because I can't see out outside the windows. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we realize like, well, what what, what is pure worship? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's not tainted by, by all those other things. Yeah. And I think that's, and that kind of goes of why we do our, why we do what we do, like during worship, during, um, when, when we let people like allow people to bring like drinks into the, um, the auditorium, something small as that, but like, we'll, we'll do those things because like, like you said, like it's not going to, make us stop worshiping when you add something to how we worship or something when we add something to Jesus, as you talked about, like then it becomes like a red flag almost. Um, I think that's pretty key to the whole pure heart as we worship or as we um, follow Christ is the whole adding thing. Right. Um, When we add things to it, then it becomes the whole taint Um, kind of as we talk through the definition of purity. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that really uh, struck me the most of what you spoke, Pastor, was the the concept of purity is on purpose. Mm-hmm. Man, that that went deep. Yep. Uh, and you said purity is not accident; it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And you explained it really well. Uh, and uh, I think. I think it is so true, but we we forget about it, right? Like Proverbs four twenty three, guard your heart about all us, for it determines your course of your life. We uh, we don't look at our own life, but we like to look at people's life, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, on purpose. Mm. So maybe a lot of issues, right? Maybe to cover up what we are doing. Or we want to make us look good and, you know, them bad, you know. But as you address, like, we need to address our deepest heart issue uh, that leads to it. I think, I think yeah. um, 
what popped in my mind just now is Job, that famous scripture. I made a covenant with my eyes right. that I wouldn't look lustfully upon a woman. Mm. Yeah. And that's again, that's on purpose. You're making a covenant with your eyes. It's like a, a spiritually binding contract. Well, that doesn't happen on accident. He he's mm-hmm. he's being very, very deliberate about how he's going to walk with God in his everyday life. Yeah, I think that was really one of the things that I took away. I was like, wow, that is profound. Like we need to leave that out, not just not just it's easy to talk out. It's easy to talk and stuff, but living out is a different way. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, putting that as the first first priority and leaving that out is important. Yeah. And there's an intentional factor in that too, where because purity is on purpose, like we have to make that drive. And that's, that's the, that's one of the things that, um, Craig Rochelle talks about in, um, winning the war in your mind. And he talks through, um, the strongest, the strongest thought I'm pulling it up. Sorry. Our, our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. So if we're focused on purity, it's on purpose that we're doing that. It's a, it's a intentional focus of why we're focusing on being pure and having that heart. Um, so I, I think that, I, yeah, I think the huge intentional um, also plays a key role in, in this purposeful um, action towards purity. Mm-hmm. What do you guys do to maintain purity in being a pastor? So to, to be pastoring with pure motives and a pure heart, is there anything that you've developed in your life that that you use to do that? What a great question. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things, uh, getting to the word helps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, always, always having that in your heart, not just... Uh, for me, it's that, like... Uh, now when you preach you're opening your bible mm-hmm. that week you're opening your bible and looking through it and studying the scriptures but even when you're not preaching and not doing stuff getting into the word and let that hang around your neck as the bible says yeah. you know so when it comes to temptations or like to speak negative about people or to speak something or to have a bad attitude in our leadership, it always goes back. Hey, how how did Jesus leave lead when he was on earth? So for me, that I keep that as my focus every time I talk mm-hmm. or you know do stuff. It's always that's my foundation. So yeah, that's something great. I do as a like a, a quick tip for this, I would probably I probably. Um, get into this habit of doing like a pride check. So I'm constantly asking Hannah, like, um, like, Oh, Hey, was that not right? Or like, is my heart position in the right area? Like, should I be feeling this way? Should I not? Um, and just like constantly like through everything that I'm doing, like when I'm teaching on a Wednesday night at youth or when I'm hanging out with the kids on Sunday, teaching them and just like how, how I'm reacting, how I'm keeping this posture of Christ. Um, is very helpful and, and she's always willing to um, give me the right answers. So 
um, if, if there's something that I need to fix, she's always willing to um, kind of keep me, keep me there and really, um, really push each other to be more like Christ. Um, obviously like we're all humans. Like I'm definitely at fault sometimes where, um, pride gets in the way or, um, I start to, I start to feel like insecure. Um, but definitely it's definitely helpful having someone as like an accountability, um, with that. So yeah, that's definitely a tip that I do for sure. And one of the things, Oh, go ahead, Steven. And I think also, oh, I think one of the best practices that we can, all of us, uh, maybe even people listening to have is being honest to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is the best key to keep you uh, checked because if you're not honest within ourselves, I don't think we will grow any further. Like if, we are not addressing and being honest. Hey, I have this problem. Let me, let me have an accountability or let me have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people speak and do that. If we are not able to do that, then I don't think we are growing or we are leading well. Like for mm-hmm. example, if I have, if I'm not having a prayer life, like I can cover it up, you know, like pretty easy, but you know, having to talk about it. Hey, pastor, Hey man, I'm struggling. Can you help me out? Uh, yeah. It exposes your innermost heart and stuff like that, but I'd rather get help in the ministry when I have it than not and fail after five years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Hey, one side benefit of using zoom is I had to sneeze and I was able to mute my microphone. Uh, we did not hear that good job yeah one of the um one of the practices for me is thankfulness Mm. yeah so i'm trying to think of um i've had a few opportunities to be in some high profile meetings um you know being with like high profile authors and pastors and stuff. Mm. And I continually in those moments and praying, thank you, God, for this. Thank mm-hmm. you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for placing me here. Thank you, God, for letting me learn here. Thank you, God. And so that'll be kind of my my constant prayer as I'm like absorbing the moment and that helps keep me from thinking oh look at me i'm a big shot i've arrived i'm a because i'm because that's not true right Um, but it's very easy for our for our heads to to shift that way Mm. yeah The, the other thing i do is um i think i think future too so i think all right if if the church doubled in 2023 here's how my heart's gonna want to respond and here's how i need to respond um and then um and and so i think that helps me as well to just make sure like hey keep keep things pure god's doing this you're not doing it you don't get the credit for it god gets the credit for it and, and yeah. that that helps me to maintain purity in my motives and in my pastorate. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because That's it is really, easy to go sideways. That's yeah. really awesome. Well, yeah, even going off of that, I think it's really cool um, as, as a youth group as well. We, I don't know if this was intentional or if this was just the Holy Spirit or something, but um, <laughs> we were going through a series called On the Flip Side, where we're flipping perspectives. Um, and this, this coming Wednesday, or I guess when you guys listen to it, it'll be today, but um, it's God flips our, um, our idea of righteousness. Um, and it goes us, it has us going through the teaching of what the meaning of righteousness is. And as you were talking about pastor Nate, um, about just the meaning of humility and just like why that like righteousness is more than just going to church, saying prayers, doing, um, Bible studies, but it's, it's about humility, like selflessness, justice, and just compassion for others. Um, and I think like as, as a pastor, like we have to keep those things in mind to stay humble and to really, as you even taught on Monday about um, being a servant leader, we have to have that part of receiving um, just the blessing because God's God's going to bless us no matter what. Um, and we just have to receive that. But I think just, um, just having that, that act of humility and the heart of selflessness um, also plays a key role um, of as, as pastors or as um, leadership in the church of where, or, or how our posture should be um, mm-hmm. to Christ. Yeah. Uh, Pastor, yeah. you talked about... We ended... Milton didn't get to hear it, but... No, yeah. We did not. <laughs> we Technology failed we, on we us. We had a little, gl- a little glitch there. But we... Um, when we taught... We, I ended the message talking about righteousness. Mm-hmm. And it it does feel definitely like the youth series and the church series aligned themselves supernaturally mm-hmm. for this month. Stephen, what were you yeah. saying before Zoom made me interrupt you? No, I was just uh, telling you had, uh, you had a, uh, you had a point that you made like purity is possible. Can you, I want to just dissect that uh, just, go a little deeper on that uh, because uh, you know, our key verse is Romans 12 to do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. And this is actually the opposite, right? You speaking purity is possible in the generation and the culture that does not think it is possible or that does not think whatever we try, however we try, it's not it's not, you can just talk about it, but it's not possible. Right. So can you, can you dig deeper a little more on that? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of teaching um, like men aren't made to be monogamous. Um, you, tons of teaching about that. Uh, you have people who are in their forties and fifties who are in a dating relationship and they're like, no, nah, it's there's, when God's talking about flee sexual immorality, it's not talking about us. It's not talking about our age group. We've already been married before. We've already like, that's that, that, that doesn't apply. It's not relevant to us. It's not possible for us. Um, and so because people think it's not possible, they don't even try to. They won't even listen to a conversation of it. They won't even try to be discipled in that. They just, no, yeah, that's old fashioned. That's irrelevant. We've evolved. 
this is not true. But God's word is always true. It's always better. It's always right. And if he's called us to pure living and a pure life, then, and that was my point when I talked about Galatians 5, we're not doing it in our own power, but the Holy Spirit is empowering us. And as we walk in the spirit, then self-control is automatically grown and generated. Right. So it is possible supernaturally. You're mm-hmm. supernaturally empowered to have self-control. Mm-hmm. Is there any practices that you guys do in your life when, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, some practical things that you can share that you do when, when like temptation comes, like what if, what if we want to, or maybe pastor, you might be a great example because you have, uh, you have boys growing up right in your house and uh, maybe they must have shared, Hey, I'm, I'm being tempted in this way, or I'm being tempted to talk back or like whatever may, maybe look like, how do you navigate through that? Like maybe some parents listening, you know, they might be having those same issues, but how do you talk to them as a teenage teenager or, you know, people's kids growing up? How do you convey this concept? Hey, you know, this is possible with you practically. Well, one, I talk to them about the temptations before it's a temptation. Mm Mm-hmm. So before their hormones are really going crazy about girls, we've already had the conversation about, hey, this is this is what you're going to be tempted by. And they're like, no, I won't. I'm like, well, one day if you are, here's what it will feel like. Here's what it will look like. Here's how I'm going to be here to help you. And whether or not they take me up on it, that'll be up to them. But we're gearing up for it. We're, we're preparing them. Here's... What's going to happen? You're going to be at school. Someone's going to show you something on their phone. You're not going to want to see it. They're going to they're going to make fun of you. They're going to say this this and this about you, but don't give in. Don't and and I try to teach them too like here's why God warns us of this temptation. Here's how it captures your heart and your mind. Here are some people maybe in in um in the news or people in your life that gave into them temptation and here's now the fruit of their life mm-hmm. so um i i don't want to get into this but there is something bad happening um in a church and so i've had that conversation with my son you know when god yeah. tells us to be pastors we have a temptation to make it about us. Mm. And yeah. And so here's how we, you've got to know that you've right. got to remember why you're doing it. And we're not doing it to be famous. We're doing it to make Jesus famous. Mm. And, and so uh, again, it's pr- the same thing, right? The same thing I said earlier, when I'm thinking future, I'm teaching my son's future. I'm thinking right. future Nate Gagney. If, if we have 900 people on Easter, here's what I'm going to think about myself. 
and that's wrong. So mm-hmm. here's what I need to think. Mm-hmm. And so God, when when this happens, I'll know what my what my temptation will be. I recognize it, and I'm thanking you in advance for yeah. for what you're going to do because you're getting all the credit. And I just thank you for letting me and using me to be a part of it. Mm, that's awesome. So that's some thoughts on that. That that's great. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. that is actually really good because a lot of the parents think they cannot have the conversation. Like, uh, like uh, example, me growing up, my parents never had a conversation about all those things. My dad mm-hmm. never had a conversation about all those things. Yeah. You know, uh, so growing up, like I was, I was just exposed to everything, yep. uh, and uh, just ran with it right but it's a key thing parents who are listening uh, maybe going to be parents who are listening it's so key don't get scared to talk to your kids about about the worldly stuff it's it's so key yeah to let them know what's happening around them what's happening internally in them and uh, how that projects externally mm-hmm. the, yeah we we tend to just say don't and if you're going to tell a kid don't, you need to tell them why. Right. Mm-hmm. I try to focus on the do mm-hmm. and then talk about the obstacles that are, are going to try to show up in the process. So I have them focused on the vision, not on the problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't say, um, you know, I, I when they were eight years old, I wasn't saying don't date non-Christians, don't date non-Christians, don't date non-Christians. Right. I was I was saying, hey, when you get married to a Christian girl, here's what it's going to look like for you to serve Jesus together. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm casting that vision. And then when they're like, I like this girl. And I would say, is she a Christian? No. Well, what do you want for your life? Well, I want to be a pastor. All right. How would a non-Christian girl fit into that? Right. Well, but she mm-hmm. goes to church. Okay. Well, is going to, is going to church make you a Christian? No. And so they don't have they don't have to feel and I'm sure they feel some but I'm not creating a culture of rebellion. Mm-hmm. I'm right. giving them a vision of of what they can have of what they can experience. You know, even with even with sexual purity. Um yep. hey, there there's going to be there's going to be pictures, there's going to be stuff. Um you'll be tempted to look at it. And so I'm not saying don't look at bad pictures, uh, but I'm saying, um, but I want you to think through, I know this guy and, um, and the, you know, the first female he ever saw naked in his life was his wife on his wedding day. Never looked at a Mm -hmm. bad picture or a bad moment in a movie ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And he did it. He's young. He's, you know, you can do it too. And casting that vision. Mm, Uh, Otherwise, right, it's just legalism. Legalism doesn't lead people to godliness. It leads people to rebellion. Yeah. Oh, say that again. Legalism doesn't lead people to godliness. It leads people to rebellion. Heck yeah, write that down, listeners. (laughs) It doesn't mean you don't have rules because we have rules. And I do tell my kids, don't. Like, don't do that, but here's why. Yeah. And... You know, when we've had friends pass away from an overdose, it's like, guys, that's why you don't even try drugs one time. 
Right. You don't even try it one time because you never know um, how it will hook you mm. and and keep its hooks in you potentially for the rest of your life. Mm. But if you never try it, then it can never have you. Mm-hmm. And rather than just saying, don't do drugs. Right. <laughs> so good. We have nine minutes or maybe... 10. So just give me a heads up there. Yeah. So listen, yeah, the last thing we said was purity is a process. And it reminds me of that old church song, Refiner's Fire. Mm. <laughs> Refiner's Fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Mm. And uh, that's a beautiful song. I don't know that that's a sentiment that too many people have. It's like we would think like refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be blessed, but mm-hmm. but not holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but holy has a great blessing that comes with it, right? Yeah, uh, just such freedom, such um. You know, no shame, no guilt, great confidence. Mm-hmm. There is something really special. It is uh, like being holy is is hard, but there is always when you become that. It's just uh, you know you said about the refining of the gold. You know, you gotta get the impurities out of the out of the stuff to make that gold shine through it. Same way, being holy, it's you know, it's hard. It's it's it takes a process. It's a process, but once you get there, we cannot be hundred percent right. But every day, we ask God to make us that, refine mm-hmm. us, purify us. God, take out the impurities among among our lives, in our lives, so that we can shine you as our gold through our lives. Yeah, yeah. like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Make us like Jesus. Yeah. And you closed yeah. out with pure living follows a pure heart. That's so good. I don't even know if I actually said that because I, when I was preaching on Sunday, I don't know if you ever got this in the Milton side, but I'm preaching and all of a sudden it says I'm over my time by 16 minutes. I'm like, how in the world? No, we did not get that. (laughs) So I'm like, I finally just addressed it because I can't think I'm trying to preach and I'm trying to look at my watch and I'm trying to look at the timer and I'm like, Hey, this thing says I've been preaching over preaching for 16 minutes too long. I think they're pranking me. I don't think that's right. And I just address it. And I'm still trying to look at my watch. Like when do I end? And it's like all, it feels like algorithms, like a beautiful mind algorithms. Like I can't even comprehend <laughs> what time I'm supposed to end. Oh boy. And so I ended up shutting down near the end because I I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And I ended up, I think I ended at eleven thirty-three, which was perfect timing. But oh. I thought it was way over. Mm. Um so I don't think I said that. But yeah, pure living follows a pure heart. And if internally there's purity, then externally there's fruit. Mm. 
Uh, and so we need to stop trying to create fruit and instead trying to cultivate the soil of our heart mm. where that fruit's going to grow. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah, going off of what you, you were just talking about, about how you kind of tell them looking forward to the future of why we do things and when temptation comes, why it is that happens. It's, it's, it's that process that you're putting in, right? It's like you, you are, you have a very fine process when it comes to um, teaching your kids of um, sexual immorality or um, different things of that nature. And, and so I just, I think that's cool too. And um, you were talking through that purity is a process that like, and you're even showing it now, like it's a deliberate process. Like I said before, like it's an intentional, um, there's intentional to it. Um, because yeah. if we want to have a relationship with Christ and be more like Christ, we have to be intentional. It can't just be something that just happens. It's something that we put work into um, and work equal, like work needs to happen for a process to work. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoy that point a whole lot. Um, and, and kind of just to add to the last point, um, definitely I'm not a parent yet, but being with this next generation and working with them, um, they experience things and they hear things in school, um, way before we even would think. Um, and they they've already been, they've probably been already exposed to it. So, um, just to add on, like, I would probably have those conversations, um, with your, with your kids and, sooner than than you think um because they probably have already started talking about it um in school so um but yeah yeah definitely agree with everything that's been said i, I love i love listening to the teaching that you give passionate um with Appreciate with purity that. i think it's um i think it's something i think this is probably a really um great sermon even from as we move on and as we go forward something that can be a quick um kind of act like thing that we just reference people to like, Oh, Hey, you should go listen to the sermon. Cause it, I think this is pretty powerful um, to the perspective of purity um, and why it's still possible, even though we might have sinned before it's still possible to obtain purity because it's a mindset um, that we, that we have to focus on. Um, so I definitely, I love the sermon so much. Um, so thank you so much for being obedient to the spirit and that and, just allowing him to speak through you with that. Yeah. Thanks Colin. I appreciate that. Purity is a process, that big church word sanctification. Mm. And there you he, go. he brings us in on that process. He's going to make us like him. If we yield our, our hearts and our life to him mm-hmm. uh, book review. I haven't read this book, but it just popped in my mind. Um, another pastor in Dover, Chris Dubois, he wrote a book called holy holy which was uh w-h-o-l-y holy holy h-o-l-y and uh, i haven't read the book but i don't even remember if i bought it i should check if i bought it um maybe i was waiting for him to give me a free copy but i should just buy it but anyway it's a local pastor in dover who wrote that book that might be something some of you guys want to pick up and uh and, and get another um, perspective on it. Uh, either of you guys have any other book recommendation on purity or righteousness or holiness or sanctification? Um, I would probably, I, I, I have two. Um, I mentioned earlier the winning the war in your mind by Greg Groeschel. Um, yep. Craig Groeschel. Um, 
amazing book. Um, I have the physical copy of it and the audible just so that, cause the physical, it had like a little like section where I could write in, um, to really work through that. And I think, I think our mind is very strong. And so I, I definitely agree with a lot of the, of what he says in this and it kind of connects a lot to the process and, um, of that. And then also the book soundtracks by John Acuff. Um, it's, it's about setting our mind on things and um, having soundtracks for our life um, where it can, he kind of talks through the importance of um, sticking to something and making something being the leading thought. So it kind of goes along with the whole, um, where our strongest thought is where we're going in life. Um, and he kind of goes along with that and really runs with the idea of having a positive soundtrack that's going to help us push to our goals that we want to set. So if our goal is purity, um, saying every morning, like, like I am pure and just having that mindset of like working towards purity, um, that book has helped me through a lot. So I definitely would always recommend that one too. So awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Cool guys. Um, Steven, are you preaching on Sunday or is Jeremy? Jeremy is preaching this week and I'll be preaching the following week. And then Ty Buckingham is the week after that. Yes, I, sir, me, I, get a, I get a three week break here. That's good. I'll, <laughs> yeah. be, I miss, I'll be in a, I'll, I'll be, I'll be preaching um, in, Africa. in Africa, but uh, yeah, I'll be gone for two Sundays. So looking forward to being with the church on the fifth again. Yes, sir. Um, and obviously looking at having Ty in town preaching the word with us. Well, listen, guys, I love you. Church, I love you as well. Have a great day and let's be praying for the mission team. Yes, sir. Yeah. And enjoy your Valentine's Day today. Oh, Peace yeah. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye guys.